Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. Uh, my name is Harrison Gilming. I am the worship arts director here at Lake Forest in Huntersville, and I, uh, I, I got a special guest with us here today. Uh, special guest. Special guest. That's generous. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's his actual uh, given name, but he also goes by Michael Flake, the lead pastor of Lake Forest Davidson, and. Uh, a great face for radio <laughs> or podcast, whichever this is. That's right. That's one theme that we have in common around here. Um, we asked uh, Michael to come and join us as we kind of kick off. Uh, we're kicking off a new teaching series here over the next five weeks that we're calling Back to Life. And uh, we want to take a little bit of a deviation on the podcast. Normally, Michael, we uh, will sit down with... Uh, with Mike Moses or Jeff or maybe someone who preached on Sunday or a topic, uh, you know, somewhat tangential to mm-hmm. the sermon. Uh, we wanted to take a little sidetrack over the next five weeks in a series that uh, this is the brain, the brainchild of Jeff Cook called five weeks with people who love Jesus that know stuff. Well, <laughs> it's a big pool to draw from. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. So um, we today are going to talk a little bit about time management but first michael what is your like what is like the two minute rundown of your history at lake forest because i personally have seen it in bits and pieces but i'd be just curious to hear the whole thing like how did you how did you very first start at lake forest two minutes here we go uh (laughs) so years ago mike moses worked uh for a church in memphis that was a church my family helped start called hope church and uh, he knew he was there to learn how to start a church and come and do that out in North Carolina. So when the church was, when, so I knew Mike when I was much younger, and he was coming out to start Lake Forest before it even had a name. So we were part of a small group of folks in Memphis who were actually praying for the church and all that kind of thing. So I've s- seen the church via email since its inception, all updates and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In 2002, I was a first-year student at the college, and Davidson College Mm -hmm. and said to myself I know Mike's church is somewhere in Charlotte if it's within like 30 minutes I'll try to go most weeks and at the time I met at the Lake Norman YMCA which you can walk to from Davidson College campus I'm thick-headed but even I kind of get okay God I got you I got you so I jumped in there uh, served the fourth and fifth grade class at the time called the Rock Garden and I hope we can bring that back that's a that was an inspiring name that's right (laughs) Uh, did that for for a year, uh, was brought on board as a youth intern to work with middle schoolers, so the first uh, paid youth staff. Uh, did that through the rest of my college years, went away to seminary, came back as the missions pastor. This is 2009, was the missions pastor when we started talking about doing the one church in multiple locations, what we now call the family of churches. I jumped on board uh, to start the first one of those in 2011. And didn't actually give up the mission pastor role till 2014. So 2011 to 2014 is a bit of a blur to me. <laughs> I'm sure. And then, uh, then have been doing the LSCD thing since uh, so uh, as my only responsibility since 2014. So that that is the fast rundown. So generally, when we try something new, they invite me to do it. Yeah, it sounds like you've done every possible job at Lake Forest, oh, at some except point. yours. Yeah, except yeah, yours. Yeah. I'm I'm a little surprised when I said, "Give me a two-minute summary." That you did not begin with. Well, in the beginning, God created the. He- <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, take yeah, it from yeah, there. But right. before um, the foundations <laughs> of the universe. That's right. 
an epic tale began that led in Michael Flake, uh, <laughs> ended in Michael Flake. So um, the question today is, why am I, Harrison Gilman, so bad at time management? If we can explore that for the next <laughs> 20 minutes or so, it would be greatly helpful to me. No, um, we, we, we brought you in because uh, you, are, you are someone who has uh, spent some time thinking about this. Um, Michael is notorious on the teaching team for being the one who uh, has, when he knows what he's uh, preaching on, He's got it ready a good three, four, maybe more than that weeks ahead of time. Uh, so what what are some of the things that you have learned that you think it may be helpful as it comes to time management, how we spend our time, how we divide our time among things that are important to us? Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah, so I get the reputation of being good at time management and in some ways, and certainly that 2011 to 14 window I had to of, of necessity. I'm trying to do two jobs at once. So, um, uh and I think all of us are a little more keenly aware of time management right now as we're trying to work from home. Many of us are trying to be the principal, the teacher, uh, get people on Zoom calls, get our own selves on Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of our recreational activities have been taken away, so uh, are contemporarily closed. So it's just a, it's a different time and a potentially difficult time. So why are you so bad at time management? Well, I think it stems from your upbringing. No, I don't. Thank you. Can we, can we please dive into this? <laughs> I think that maybe two principles of time management that can be helpful and we can unpack them a little bit sure. are uh, planning and prioritization. So it, it's, a, it's a helpful uh, – there's that old story of the, the guy who brings you a jar and then gives you three big rocks and seven small rocks and a – pound of sand and says okay fit all of those things in this jar and the answer is you start with the big rocks you put the big rocks in first and you put the little rocks in second and then the sand will fill in the crevices mm -hmm. if you do it in the wrong order you can't ultimately get the big rocks in so time management maybe a similar thing the the planning to know what are my big rocks and then the prioritization to say let's get the big rocks on there first and then we can uh we can uh fit in the smaller rocks the the sand so we we can unpack planning and prioritization i do need to uh <laughs> the 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 plan the sermon planning thing is true I, I work way ahead on sermons and some of that's temperament like if i write it i can put it in a file and then the day or two beforehand i can reread it and get back in that space sure not everybody's like that preaching is a weird gig some people have to live it the week they're going to preach it and it, temperamentally i just don't i don't have to so uh, but but in addition to that, I mean, I, I get that it's part temperament, um, but is there's got to be a, you know, even aside from temperament, it sounds like and feels like there would have to be some freedom that goes with that on your end of, of knowing that there is a, a major component of your work that requires a good deal of thought and study and preparation and that you you can do that work and kind of set it to the side, like you said, put it in a drawer and, and then start tackling all these other tasks without having, without having that hovering over your head all week. Yep. It is. It is one of my, it's one of my big rocks. It's probably my biggest rock. And so I don't want to, I don't want to come across as saying folks who, who don't plan out as much on their, uh, people who need to be in their sermons the week of, or may very well be planning ahead too, but temperamentally I can plan further ahead than that. And, it is so nice to not walk into a week thinking, 
uh, I got nothing on I got nothing on paper. Every once in a while that happens. Yeah. But don't let people see you sweat. That's that's uh. <laughs> no, and I, I I get that. I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot applicable there because we are we are wired differently. I mean, I remember even I remember even in school days and, and in college, it was like. I was definitely one of the people that I wanted to be farther out on things, but like, honestly, like the kick in the pants motivation was like knowing that I had 24 <laughs> yeah, hours I left for 24 hours. <laughs> yep. And, and then the fire was lit and I'm like, all right, I'm sitting down and knocking this thing out. So I, you know, I'm not as, as wired that way. That, that's okay. And, yeah. and that gets to the planning piece where, where, and I would do this in college and maybe this, I'll just say some of the things I've done that have been helpful Sure. and people can pick up from it, whatever they want. That's helpful for them. Cause I've changed how I manage my time so many different ways. It'd be hard to say, here's the one way to do it. Sure. But in college at the beginning of the semester, I would write down all the graded assignments and when they were due. In other words, you don't, you don't get, it doesn't matter if you read all the chapters or not, you get graded on these assignments, know when they're due. Mm-hmm. And then I would look for assignments that did not require further instruction to start working on or to complete. So, for instance, if you had a term paper, but it's not based on what you're learning in the class, or it can be based on what you learned the first few weeks of class, learn something, get interested in something, and then start writing your term paper. So there may well be, if, if we look ahead at here are the things, my big major responsibilities as a, as a dad, as a mom, we're not moms, but... You know, I'm, I'm conjecturing for the listener here yes, as, a, yes. as a mom, uh, as, a, as a spouse, as a soul friend, as a as an employee, as an employer. Here are my major responsibilities. Uh, there are certain of those, like a math quiz. Okay, I can't start preparing for that because I haven't learned how to do any of that. And there may be certain responsibilities we all have that we just need to be in the moment on. There are other responsibilities that we could say, I could start that now, even though I don't need to do anything with it for a year. I could start on that now, and a little bit of planning helps you find out what some of those what some of those things are. So, how do you? How have you, at least in your experience, like you said, I'm sure there's there's no there. Uh, how how many books have been written on the subject? I'm sure twenty thousand. None of which I've read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and ter- there's there's not one bottom line answer, but for you particularly, um, when it comes to when you hit a season of life, say like you were in. 2011 through 2014 where it, it feels like there are I'm doing the math here and it feels like there are literally too many things and too little time how do you figure out what are the things that that for what something has to get cut out right mm-hmm. if, if the if the math's not adding up I got this much stuff to do I have this much time I know I can't do it all or I'm going to do it all terribly <laughs> if I try to do it. So how have you kind of gotten out the, uh, the pruning shears? Yeah. It, well, f- pruning is a good thing, right? Pruning is where growth comes from. So we should not be afraid to say no to stuff. Um, my sense has been we should say no to every bad thing. And, but the hard part of pruning is learning to say no to good things. Hmm. So I, I hope that if someone says, hey, you want to go light cars on fire today, we'll say no. You know, I'd, not simple. I don't have time for that. <laughs> That's right. It's the <laughs> so, so no, we, I don't have time to light cars on fire. That's right. So say no to all bad things. Uh-huh. And that can be hard because sometimes we feel obligated, you know, well, they're a nice person who wants to light cars on fire. So, yeah. But the, the, the trick to pruning, the trick to, to having some sense of schedule management is saying no to good opportunities that are not either most important or best. Hmm. So, so where we say no to 
good to say yes to best is the uh, that's the the real trick here. And it feels weird or hard to say no to like, I want my kids to have opportunities. I want to have opportunities. But uh, a lot of opportunities feel like once in a lifetime opportunities. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, there's all we all get any number of once in a lifetime opportunities. And we and we have to take the ones that are that are are best for us. So uh, the the way that's been helpful for me in that is not to look at what do I need to do. It's to actually start on the other side, which is who am I like called to be? What are my mm-hmm. most important roles? Uh, th- some of this is borrowed from the. Um, I, I was being facetious when I said I've not read any time management books, but I've not read very many. Mm-hmm. But uh, who is it? The uh, uh, Covey Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah, sure. Folks. Yep. He, he has a little thing in there where he says, and I found this a helpful way to think about it, what are my primary roles? So I am a, I am a, a child of God. I am a father. I am a, a husband. Husband should be my father. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Uh, I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. And I could break pastor into a bunch of different, you know, I have to preach. I have to give vision to the congregation. I have to shepherd the staff. Mm-hmm. I have to be available to care for the people of the church, etc. So those are my primary responsibilities. Um, and, and then to ask from there, okay, as I look forward, I actually do it at a year. As I look forward at a year, what, what are my major goals or milestones I'd hope to see in those this year? Uh, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. So in my devotional life, I would hope to... Um, Read through the Bible. I'm just making something up. You see, sure. I yeah, yeah. read through the Bibles a lot. But uh, um, I hope to read the book of John, you know, or read through the New Testament, whatever. So then that's my goal for the year. Then I can kind of break that down into more component pieces. And that helps me <clears throat> go at it from the other direction. Not all, what are all the things I need to do? What's the tyranny of the urgent? But more, who am I called to be? What direction are those headed? So I want to spend, I want to take you know, both Indy and Core, those are my daughters. Mm-hmm. I want to spend, you know, uh, one one night a month with just each of them, you know, something like that. They're three and one. That may not be important now, but as they get older. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So then I know that's a, that's an annual, that's an annual goal. So that gives me a sense of this month. What's my date night with my daughter, for yep. instance? Uh, professionally, you can kind of get the, get the same thing. I want to preach 35 great sermons this year. So what does that mean for me this month? Uh, what does that mean for me this week? So I kind of take who am I supposed to be, what direction are they going, and then what does that mean for me in smaller and smaller increments of time? Yeah, and I, I think the thing that um, the thing that I had to learn a lot in my 20s is figuring out how to be an adult and a husband and a Adulting, dad. Adulting, as they say. Adulting, yes, and in ministry and all these things is um, when, you, when you decide to start planning you're really, you're really, for me at least, it was taking the step from, from just being in survival mode all the time to trying to at least take some intentional control of what's happening. Because mm-hmm. when you're in survival mode, it's a lot, it's it's a lot easier to just. You feel like you're just moving to the next fire all the time, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, I need to take care of that. I need to take care of that. That's urgent. That's urgent over there. And when you're doing all the urgent things, then you 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 miss some of those things that would be on your list. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Eisenhower, maybe it was Eisenhower, who said um, the the important and the urgent, he, he thought of time management that way. Hmm. So, um, 
if we're always moving urgent to urgent, we miss the stuff that is important but not urgent. And so much of the most important stuff of our life is important but not urgent, right? Mm-hmm. Our kids can always wait. Our, our spouse can always wait. Our friends can always wait. They, they love us. They can put up with us. Uh, and so, as you say, taking the time to plan, uh, sometimes folks feel too busy, like, I don't have time to plan. And it's actually the flip. We don't have time not to plan. It doesn't have to be like a weekend. You don't have to spend a, a day planning your week. I spend 30 to 60 minutes every week at the end of the week planning my next week. Mm-hmm. I have found that to be such a great rhythm uh, to just give myself a little bit of space. Now, I know for folks working from home, kid craziness or whatever, that may that may feel like a real challenge. But finding a way to carve out 30 minutes where you can hear yourself think, and say what's most important for my next seven days does exactly what you say. A little less running from fire to fire. The fires will still be there, and you'll still get to run between them. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you'll also you won't miss the big rocks that you might miss otherwise. Well, and I found there there are there are way less fires when you do it that way because <laughs> the reason the reason that things uh, f- for me in the past have gotten to you know like the red line levels is because is because you haven't been paying attention to them. It's like the, like the, uh, the dashboard lights on your mm-hmm. car. Right. And you, you neglect it. The longer you neglect the one, there's going to be more that start <laughs> popping up because the system starts breaking down. So, yep. I mean, that, that is, that is very helpful in, in terms of just like super practical, like way, way practical. Do you do all of this using like a, is there a, a, a tool that you use to organize? You do it electronically. Do you have to hold something tangible in your hand? How do you, how's your brain wired with that? Yeah. So we, um, calendars I do physically. I, the flakes have a calendar, a monthly calendar that's on our microwave because our refrigerator, nothing sticks to it. That was a <laughs> fail. It's, it's like you're set. It's, there's only two jobs a refrigerator yeah, has. Yeah. And this one failed yeah. miserably, but I guess we're the idiots who purchased it. So <laughs> well, then, then you and had one moved job. it. We moved it from one house to another because we just loved it so much. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. but nothing sticks to it. So our calendars on our microwave is probably getting fried <laughs> by the waves coming out of it. But it's helpful for me to work-wise. I actually write. Here's what I, I write: the times of the major things I'm doing, and calendar for the month we see, and that helps our family to mm-hmm. kind of know. Here's the. So some folks do that digitally, and that works out well for them. I like the physical for calendar, so it's in a central spot. Everybody can see it. For the actual, here's what I'm trying to do this week. Uh, I used to write it down f- physically. I now use a micro, the Microsoft To Do app, mm-hmm. which is a, which works just fine. You put what you got to do, and you get you get the privilege of checking it off once it's done. Feels good. It feels good, even if you're, even if you don't think you're an organized person. There's something about checking something off every once in a while that that does it for you. Uh, but before that, I would use a, a, a kind of a paper. Uh, a paper sense of here's my week. This is the Covey thing again. He gives you a block for every hour, and I would write in each hour what I had planned to do that hour. That's very organized. That's probably above what most people are interested in. Before that, I would just use a just a sheet of paper with lines, and you just write the things you want to do that or need to do that week. And then when you do them, you get to yep. cross them out. That's very uh, that's very satisfying. The 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 least paper way I've ever done it. And borrowed this from one of the elders in our church. Um, he said when he would wake up each morning, he would ask himself, what's the one thing I have to do today? Hmm. So he didn't have to write that down. He just, he spent the first, I just snapped in the studio there. Uh, so it snapped closer to the yeah. mic. 
what's the one thing I have to do today? He'd spend, what, one, two, five minutes at the beginning of his day asking that question. And you don't have to write that down yeah. for folks who are just trying to get their feet wet in all this. I've read there's a, there's a little, like, actual brain chemistry, like, dopamine hit with the action of checking something off a to-do, like, accomplishing a small task, like, uh-huh. literally, physically makes us feel good, like, all the way into our brains. So start with, have your first one be make a to-do list. <laughs> That's right. So then you can check that one off. Check this box. Huh? Yeah. Check. Boom. Did that one. I'm on fire. I have not. I have not used this. And I don't know if 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 it would work for me or not. But you'll probably just as a, as a side note. I thought this was funny. Someone in my family told me about there. There is an app, a to do list app, and uh, day by day, week by week, when you check the items off your list, it you actually it it gives you some kind of video game character that levels up with like experience every time you do the tasks. So it's, it's like you're playing a, a, a game yes, of organizing doing things yourself. in your life. That's funny. Yeah. I'm sure for some people that, that, That's that would work. Whatever it takes to motivate you. But to your point, once you get, it takes a while, but once you start to get a little traction with this, you start to notice everything doesn't go away. All the fires don't go away, but you do start to experience a different, uh, I don't know, level of alarm in your life. Sure. <laughs> Where you, you, uh, I still have weeks I get to the end of the week and I'm just, I'm frustrated because it's just the week happened to me. I didn't happen to the week. Uh, that's going to happen, but that happens far less than it used to. Well, especially with a, th- a three year old and one year old. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Just yeah. being super, pa- being right? A pastor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure for you, adding, adding, uh, toddlers into the equation of life, uh, it doesn't make things more simple. No, no, no. We should have thought through that. Yeah, right. The goal is simplicity. <laughs> yeah, the goal of life. <laughs> Keep the things very simple. Um, <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, um, is there is there anything uh, anything else to throw on the pile of this um, that we haven't got to? Past the no, I, th- I mean, I think if you, you know, we've talked a great deal about the planning piece, mm-hmm. people find their own rhythm in that, but I've tried to give some examples. Uh, prioritization is a, a lifelong thing, and sometimes our priorities change or need to change. And that's the place where we don't have to do life alone. Like, it just doesn't have to be you sitting down with a list. We all have people in our lives who I think we would trust. They're, they're more mature in their faith than we are. If we don't have those kind of people, it's a good thing we're part of a church so we can find those kind of people. Mm-hmm. But we can bounce stuff off of them, and, and they can help us hone our own sense of priorities and so that's a lot of what this is, is what's most important. And, and, uh, and, and we, that's not something we have to do alone or that we have to get right right away. We just mm-hmm. we, we look at what our schedule tells us about our priorities, and then we start to make steps towards something that's more like what our real priorities are. Which is something that I've actually experienced working at Lake Forest, too, that's been really, that's been really nice about the way the church is set up, especially compared to some situations I've worked in in the past where it does feel like you're more on an island. But when there's there's kind of a, a level of trust between um, between you and the, the team of people that you're working with and even with our group of elders where where you have permission to bounce stuff off of. And those people have permission to look at you and say, I think this area is out of whack. And for me, that has been so crazy important to, to, to find things that might be in like a blind spot for mm-hmm. me. 
Um, so I would, I would, I would throw on there. Um, if you, you know, if you don't have something like that, it can help to, uh, open your, open yourself up to the vulnerability of letting people, uh, give you some critique or feedback, find a, find some people that you trust and, and, you know, partner with them to, to figure out how you can continue to grow and what you're doing. They, they might help you see some stuff that you might be missing, which happens to all of us. Yeah, there's a great proverb, which I'm not going to be able to pull out right now because, you know, occupational hazard uh, can't always quote the Bible. But um, uh, it basically says, uh, like, the, the wise people keep their opinions to themselves, like fools love to blurt out folly. And uh, I, I think that's very interesting that often the opinions we get are not the ones we need that to get the, the kind of advice or wisdom we need, we have to seek those people out. Mm-hmm. And so to your point, it's very well taken. Often on, on, in time management or on anything, um, we often have to go say, I would like to learn how they do it, or I'd like them to give the feedback on my priorities or whatever. And you have to go seek that from a couple wise people. Uh, that's probably the one thing I did even more than read books about it was find some people who I thought had a lot of responsibility on their plate and seemed to manage it pretty well. And I asked them how they manage their time. And I got some interesting, uh, interesting takes on it. Sure. Well, that's why I did this today. So if you are my friend, you no longer have to check on me because it is solved. (laughs) So I am good. I, I have, uh, (laughs) I have figured it out from here um, moving forward. So all good, all good for me. Um, I hope, I hope this is what you can't see right now is Harrison is writing down the songs he's going to do next Easter. That's right. That's right. That's I, I, I actually, in all seriousness, I am, I am more planned just by nature. You're talking about the big rocks, I guess. Um, I'm more planned when it comes to our, our real big days we have coming up, you know, we, maybe more than most. And this is super interesting because I, I don't, I didn't think of myself as wired this way, but so when, when we first shut down like March, April, first couple months of working totally remote where every meeting is on zoom, like the beginning of all that, um, we once a week have our like worship planning meeting for our team here at Huntersville and we normally have that in the room that we're sitting in now, our green room backstage here in Huntersville. And we have, as Pastor Flake can see up on the wall, we have like four months of Sundays mm-hmm. and series and stuff there. When, when, when I could not physically see this every week, I felt like I was like totally drifting. It made you, made you anxious. Oh man, it was, it oh, was, welcome, kill, it welcome was to the club, me. Harrison. Oh, and being, being back in here and, you know, and all this is for me is, is a a system. But when I, I didn't even realize I had been leaning on it, but when I, when, when I lost that, man, I felt so much more like, um, going into every week, it felt like kind of that, like putting out a fire. Like, I don't totally know what's going to happen this week. I'm going to try and figure this out. And there's, there's something really refreshing as I look up here to be able to see all the way till November 29th on the bottom of my board and and be like, okay, we can, it's here. We can, we don't have to, to panic about it. We'll just keep looking ahead. So it is, I didn't realize that I I thought I would be cool with it. I had a mild panic. So, (laughs) um, excellent. Well, man, thank you for for having me. Thanks for, thanks for sitting down. It's always good to, um, it's always good to, to get to, 
hang out. I've enjoyed every time that uh, we've gotten to interact or partner on something together. And this is uh, no exception. I can't speak for the future, but so far it's been great. So far, so good. If anyone else has made it here to this time in the podcast, thank you. I, yeah. uh, I'm no Mike or Jeff by any stretch of the imagination, but but a, a suitable substitute on this day. Yeah, and you get bonus points because we came in at way less time than Mike would normally. So as the time management guru, <laughs> you are, are helping folks that have made it to the 28-minute mark. So with the extra time that you, you've devoted to listening to this podcast, go plan the next few days of your life and see the difference it makes. Look at that. That's worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time on five weeks with smart people who love Jesus that know things. Make a jingle for this There's no way I just said it the same way that I did the first time. All right. We're out of here. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next time. Take care.